Welcome to the Anchor Church Podcast. We are so glad you're here. For more content and upcoming events, visit anchorchurchcsra.com. Well, it's great to be here with you all. Uh, I remember when Brandon met with me to share the vision of starting a church before he even had a name, to, and now to see where you all are at is amazing, and to hear what God is doing here uh, is great. And I'm grateful that God is working in this place and that y'all are seeing great things. Uh, For those that don't know, my name is Nick Carnes. I am the pastor of what was New Passion Church that sent uh, Anchor out and the team and Brandon and the leadership team. And now we are Hope Church, a part of a family of churches um, across the Southeast. And so uh, it's good to see what God is doing throughout the various different churches. Uh, This guy has the right idea. He didn't even know that the AC would not be working, uh, but (laughs) he's got the right idea. So y'all don't worry about that. We're almost 14 years old and we continuously have challenges. The church is a spiritual work and you're going to face challenges. You're going to face difficulties. You already have. Um, And so tonight what I'm talking about is prayer. Y'all have talked about your core values and I don't know what all you have discussed within the aspect of that, but prayer is vital for life and for building a new church because we know that the church is not this building. The church is the gathering of people. We also know that the church is global and there are people all around the world who do not have the luxury of a building that doesn't have working AC. They may be meeting in hiding. They may be meeting in a basement somewhere. And so they may not have the luxury of even a building or the freedoms that you and I are celebrating this week to be able to even worship Jesus freely without persecution, imprisonment, or even death. And so prayer in this life as followers of Jesus is important. If you have your Bible, I'm going to be in Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18, if you want to follow along word for word, I'm in the CSB, if you have the Version Bible app. It will also be on the screen. Hopefully you can see that in the slides that I created there. Luke 18, beginning in verse 1, it says this, One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city. He said, who, not, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Uh, This evening, if you're taking notes, you can write down this big idea, this overarching truth that we're going to look at through the scripture this evening, and it's this. Prayer places you in the position to receive what you need from God. Prayer places you in the position to receive what you need from God. Jesus told his disciples this story to teach them a lesson on prayer. He says this, they should always pray and never give up. So he gives one of the clearest strategies on how we should pray just in this one statement. He says, pray always and never give up. Pray always and never give up. So if you're wondering this evening, like how should I pray? What does prayer look like? One of the greatest strategies is right here in this scripture where he tells us to pray always 
and never give up. It's that simple. He goes on, he says, there was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. Now we need to know who this woman is. She's a widow, which means she's an underdog. She is, uh, she's been treated unjustly. In these days, a woman who uh, did not have a husband uh, was not respected. She doesn't have anyone to provide for her. She's poor and can't afford a lawyer or anybody to defend her legally. And so the judge has this authority to help her, but the scripture says he doesn't fear God. And as a result, he doesn't care about her. So the odds are stacked against her. She is what we would consider an underdog. This situation for her, this injustice that's being served to her seems like an impossible situation to deal with. And so I love underdog stories. Now, I, don't, I know everyone's not a sports fan, but I am. I love football. I love college football. I believe it is better than pro football because of the excitement. And so if you're a sports fan, do you remember, this is local, uh, semi-local, do you remember what happened on November 23rd, 2013? It was pretty big, especially if you're a Georgia fan. Anybody re remember? You probably wouldn't because it's so obscure. But the Georgia Southern Eagles, not the, the, the Georgia Dogs, which are better, the two times back-to-back -back national champions, but the Georgia Southern Eagles, they're, they're kind of, they're up there. They played the Florida Gators, who the Georgia Bulldogs play, and we gratefully beat. And the Eagles were 28-point underdogs. They're not even in the same level. They're not even in the same uh, stature of football. They're not even in the same division. And despite all the odds being against them, the Eagles shocked the Gators, beating them 26 to 20. Now, if you're a college football fan, you know on any given Saturday, the underdog can knock off the higher ranked team. We saw it in 2007. The Appalachian State Mountaineers played the fifth ranked Michigan Wolverines. Vegas didn't even give odds for this matchup because it was so mis mismatched. Uh, the, the Mountaineers were considered such a mismatch for the Wolverines, there weren't even betting odds on it. Appalachian State's players were smaller, they weren't ranked as high, but that didn't matter because at the end of the game, the Mountaineers earned a 34 to 32 victory over the Wolverines. And every year in every sport, underdogs beat higher ranked teams for one simple reason. They play the game, number one, they're in the game. They play the game. They put themselves in the position to win. If you're not gonna play the game, then you're not gonna win. And I love underdog stories because they put themselves in the game. They put themselves in a position to win. And as the underdog, the widow takes a similar approach to the judge. Look again at the scripture. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. And so with the odds stacked against her, the widow did three things. First of all, she had faith. She came to the only person who could help her, and that was the judge. He had all the authority. He had all the ability to help her in this dispute. 
He had all of the ability to give her the justice that she sought. And prayer for us is an act of faith. It is our admission that we can't do anything apart from God. It is our coming before God and our humbling ourselves and our declaring dependence on him. It's our coming to him saying, whatever this situation that we're facing, it is beyond my control. It is beyond my power. It is beyond my means. It's beyond my financial stature. It's beyond my physical abilities. It, it is out of my control. And so just like this woman is coming to the judge, we come before God in prayer de declaring that we have a need and that we need help. It's placing ourselves in a position to get that help, but it's a humble position. The second thing she did was she made her need a priority. She devoted whatever time was necessary to repeatedly bring her need before the judge. Now for us, when it comes to prayer, that means when we have a need, if it's that important to us, then we will prioritize in our life the time and the ability to come before our king and to come before the one who has the authority to meet that need and the ability, and we will bring it before him. That means we may have to change our schedule. It may, might mean we need to change our priorities. It might mean that we need to stop scrolling on social media. We need to turn off the TV. Maybe we need to limit our social gatherings. Whatever it is that we prioritize in our life, if there is a need big enough that it makes us desperate as this woman is, then we have to do the same that she did and that is prioritize that need in our life. Prioritize the need that we don't just come to him one time. See, because uh, oftentimes that's what we do. We have a need, we might bring it one time, we might pray about it once or twice, and what do we do? Because we live in a society that is, we're, we're kinda microwave, we're, we're the, the sprinters, not the marathoners. We want instant gratification. We, we are living in a generation where we can take a remote control, we can turn on the TV, we can hit a button and get movies on demand. We can get TV shows on demand. We can pick up the phone and we can call and have food at our door within, what, 30 minutes, an hour? We, we are used to getting what we want when we want it immediately. So when we have a need in our life, rarely do we take the time to prioritize it, to keep going back if we need to. We want it one and done. We wanna pray, if it doesn't happen, then we just feel like God's abandoned us, like he's not showing up for us, like he's not providing for us or whatever that might be. But if you think even, I mean, not even that long ago, I mean, I'm not that old, but I remember, you know, things weren't so instant before. You, you had to take time to cook food. You had to take time to deliver a, a piece of mail. You had to take time to travel. Things took time. And in this passage, that's what we see, was an immediate answer. It wasn't an immediate result, but it was something that the woman prioritized because it was that important. And so she continuously went before the judge repeatedly. The third thing she did was she used what she had. She used what she had. Now, some of us have much more than this woman has, but what we see that she has, she is a widow. She's poor. She doesn't have respect. She doesn't have a lawyer. She has no one representing her. She has no one supporting her, but she has her voice. And so she used it to ask the judge 
to help her over and over and over again. And you know the saying, the squeaky wheel gets the oil, that's the one that gets the attention? Well, the scripture seems to support that. The, the, the one who continuously over and over and over again goes before him and annoys him and bothers him, he responds, why? He gets fed up. In fact, this is what he says. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people. I don't care about this woman. I don't even care about God. But this, and, and why he said that, I don't know. The scripture doesn't tell us. But verse five says, but this woman is what? Driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant request. The widow consistently placed herself in a position to receive justice because she repeatedly came to the judge asking for what she needed. And if you're a parent in here, you know what that's like because you have been in the store with your child who crosses the, the toy aisle or goes down the aisle to the register where the candy is, and what do they do when they want something? They ask, and then you tell them no, and then you go down another aisle and they ask again, and you tell them no, and they go down another aisle and they ask again, and then you tell them not now, and then eventually some of you are weak, and you know it. We went on vacation with some friends and the mom told her kids, and I had to laugh because her kids were getting stuff everywhere they went. This is it. Nothing else on this trip. The very next door, buying stuff for the kids because she's weak and she can't say no. Why? Because they're doing what this woman was doing. They ask, they beg, they whine, they, they wear you down. They drive you crazy. And instead of looking crazy in the store, you would rather go, okay, just shut up and I'll give you this toy. I'll get you the candy bar, whatever, just stop. You're driving me crazy. You're on my last nerve. I know because I'm told, I don't know this for sure because I was the child that I was the one who drove people to their last nerve growing up, but I didn't get my way. My mom would just promise me she was gonna let my dad know and that was, that was all that I needed. So the widow consistently placed herself in a position to receive justice because she repeatedly came to the judge asking for what she needed. Remember, this is a picture of prayer. She's coming before the king day after day, knocking on his door, staying outside of where he's at, begging and asking over and over and over again to get the help that she needed. Verses six through eight, then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to those, to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? See, Jesus' main point here is about prayer, not injustice. He's using justice as an illustration of having a need that aligns with God's character and will. Justice is something God promises to his people, and justice is God's character. It's a part of his divine attribute. So what he's telling them here, he's using this as a lesson for prayer. That's what he says, 
in the very beginning because he's teaching them this aspect of prayer, pray always and never give up, but he's using a illustration of justice because justice is a divine attribute of God. And what he's telling his people is, you can come before me, you can bring your request before me, and if it aligns with my character, and if it aligns with my will, even if it takes you time and time again, even if it takes you uh, repeatedly coming to me, pray always and never give up, because if it's according to my will, I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to answer that need for you. And we see that all through scripture. We see where he tells people that if you have a need that you can ask and it will be given. Now, that's not a fancy car and a big house. That's not always things like good health and a lot of money and those things we love. He says he'll meet our needs. But those things are always in conjunction with his purpose and with his plan for our lives. When he calls us, the church, to go into the world, to make disciples, and to baptize them, and to teach them all that he has commanded. When he tells us to go into the other, uttermost parts of the earth and to take the gospel, and he tells us to be on mission for him, it is in those moments and for those purposes, he tells us, whatever you lack and whatever you need, I, you can ask me, and I'm going to give it to you. But sometimes what he does is he will delay because it is an act of faith. It is, a, it is our displaying that we trust him with our need. It's our humbling ourselves and coming before him to make that need known. Why? Especially in America, because we are wealthy. We're, we're wealthier than any nation in, on, uh, around the world. Even our poor here are wealthier than many people around the world, the majority. And so we're used to being able to do things ourselves. We're used to just going to, to work and wait until Friday and then having the money in the bank and we can do what we need. And so oftentimes it's, there's not as much maybe of a need that we have because we can meet that need. We have the physical strength, we have the good health, we have the ability, the material possessions. And so for us, sometimes we might have to delay and it might take a little while because God might want to see and to test, do you truly, truly trust me? Are you really gonna take your hands off of this and trust me with it? Are you really gonna prove that you believe I am sovereign over this? Or are you just gonna ask me a time or two and then take things into your own hands? Because we've all been there. God didn't respond quick enough. So we went ahead and made uh, the decision. We went ahead and went in the direction. We went ahead and did what we felt was right. And we didn't wait long enough to let God show up and to let him act on our behalf. Prayer is how we place ourselves in a position to receive from God. So we pray and we pray and we pray and we pray until he answers until he responds. And the reality is he doesn't always respond in the way that we think is right, in the way we think is good, but his response is always good. And his response guaranteed according to scripture will always lead to his glory. And that is what we were created for. It will always lead to our good if we, are call, if we love him and are called according to his purpose. And so we can be guaranteed that God is good and that he loves us. This was an unjust judge, but God says, how much more can you trust me? How much more if this evil judge even did something that was just, 
that I, God, will surely give justice. I surely will act according to my character and my nature. And so Jesus asked, when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? How many will have faith? See, because that's what prayer is. Prayer is a declaration of faith. Prayer is an act of faith. I'm gonna take my hands off. So, so as a church family, as you continue to reach this community with the gospel, as you continue to serve the Lord and do what he has called you to do, then we act by faith. And when we act by faith, it's not just serving, that's good. It's good to serve and to fulfill roles in the church. Everybody should, you're the body of Christ. So as Dwayne was saying earlier, I, I remember the days where we're switching from uh, someone going from this position to this position and back to this position. But, but within the body of Christ, there are others who could rise up and can fill those gaps and fill those holes and those days will come. But as you reach those people and as you serve this community, the core values are great. Your mission is great. All of these things that you've been talking about are great and necessary. They're truth and we should live our lives by them. But we cannot neglect prayer because prayer is the very means, the very vehicle by which we come before our sovereign, almighty, all-powerful God and declare our need for what we have a need for. And he says, when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who have faith? Will he find that you have faith? Will he find that, that, that Nick has faith? Will he find that Anchor Church has faith? That Hope Church has faith? Will we be known as a people of prayer? because he connects our level of faith with how persistent we are in our prayers. As a church, what are your needs? As an individual, what are your needs, whether it's now or in the future? What is it that you have need of? You might feel like an underdog because it's so big. As a small church, I remember being there. We were portable for eight years. Y'all are blessed that at this stage, you're not having to do as much setup and breakdown and you have a building that you can meet in and not meeting in a rented space. We did that for eight years. Set up, breakdown, every Sunday. And there were times I had some raw, real conversations with God. And yet, many years down the road, after 10 years, after having a starter home building for about a year, a little over a year, he blessed us with a merge with 21 acres of property, two buildings. Many of you have been in our facility. And then a second merge where now we have property in a building in North Augusta. And God, in those acts, shut me up in those conversations I had to say, do you trust me? Do, do you, are, are you going to rely on me or are you going to try to figure things out on your own? Because if I were figuring things out on my own, it would have just been a couple of years, a few years, and then I would have acted, I would have done what I thought was best, and yet by waiting, and by in those years praying and seeking God, and being honest with God, and just waiting, and letting him show up, and letting him act, he has done far exceedingly abundantly above anything I could think or imagine, as his word says. And so you might feel like the underdog as a church, you might feel like an underdog as an individual with whatever you're facing in your life. It might feel overwhelming or even seem impossible. It might be confusing and make very little uh, uh, sense to you. 
Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe that you've been given a diagnosis that just doesn't make sense. You can't wrap your mind around it. Maybe something has happened in your life and you just can't wrap your mind around it. It doesn't make sense. Whatever those needs are, Jesus tells us, pray always. Bring your needs to God like a child in the store. Bring your needs to him nonstop. Use your voice if that is all that you have. If, that is, if it's that desperate that all you can do is lift your voice to him and say, help. The reality is this, one of the most spiritual things you can do sometimes is simply that, help, help. I don't know what to ask, I don't know what to say, but God, I am so desperate and you know, and I just need your help. And then he tells us, never give up. Try to drive God crazy. Try to wear him down by praying so much. That is the example he gives us. Never give up. Wear him down. Try it. I, da I dare you. Whatever your need is, as a church, make this a gathering of prayer. What, what is it that you need in the future? What is it that you're looking forward to as a body? What are the things that you're discussing until they happen? Maybe it's a year down the road. Maybe it's six months down the road. As a church, be committed to prayer. Whenever there's challenges, whenever there's difficulties, whenever there's tension in the body, make it a matter of prayer. Pray always and never give up because he tells us this, just like justice, if it aligns with his will, if it fulfills his purpose, he will respond, he will answer, and he will give you exactly what you need. And so whether it be a church, as a church, whether it be as an individual, pray always and never give up. Let's pray. God, we thank you that we have access to you. I thank you that every one of these people here have equal access to you as their God. They don't have to go through a pastor. They don't have to go through a spiritual leader. They don't have to go through a small group leader. But Lord, whatever they have need of, even if they feel like the widow in Jesus's story, even if they're desperate, even if they have nothing but their voice, God, I thank you that we can come to you. And my prayer this evening is that through the truth of your word, your spirit would speak to us and even convict us that we might be more persistent in our prayer life, that we would have faith, that we would humble ourselves, and that we would use that which you have given us to call out to you, to, to, to declare that we are dependent on you, that we can't do this without you. Whether it be Anchor Church or whether it be Hope Church or any other gospel preaching church in this city or out of this city, Lord, we cannot do the work that you have called us to do without you, without your spirit, without your power. And so may we declare consistently, repeatedly, over and over again, our dependence on you. If there's someone here that's struggling in their life, maybe with a mental health issue, a health issue, a financial issue, a relationship issue, whatever that might be, I ask that you would be very real in their life. But I also pray that through tonight's 
message and through the truth of your word, they would see the opportunity to come before you repeatedly over and over and over again and bring their need to you. We love you. We thank you that you love us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit anchorchurchcsra.com or follow us on social media at anchorchurchcsra.com.